Of course, the message uh, that, that's going to guide, the, me- the, the scripture that's going to guide our message comes from John, the fourth chapter and the 42nd verse. But actually, the context is better to go back to the first verse uh, to kind of give us a better understanding of what happened or why Jesus had to go through Samaria. Of course, Gary uh, sung the song in summary um, of the scripture, so I'm going to kind of push off from reading it. However, I do encourage everyone to go back and read that particular text because the Bible does tell us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But because it's long and because of the time, we're going to just press past and I'm just going to narrate it a little further. Is that okay with everyone? So here we go. This passage of scripture, it, 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 when you read it in context, it, it, it kind of reads like an interesting movie or a daytime soap opera. And the reason why I said that is because there's several things that are happening in here that's kind of strange. And, and as time goes along, it begins to unfold bit by bit and it starts to make even more sense, and that's kind of how uh, those riveting movies or those soap operas, not saying I watch them, but that's kind of how the plot of those stories uh, unfold. But here, in this particular story, we find Jesus. Again, going back to the first to the fourth verse, more specifically the fourth verse, he says that I have need to go through Samaria. Now, it's important for us, as, as I begin to narrate this story, it's important to understand uh, why he said he needed to go through Samaria. First, it was a necessity because he had a specific appointment, a specific assignment that he needed to accomplish in Samaria. Now, geographically, if you go and you study maps of, uh, of that ancient time, he did not. He didn't have to go through Samaria. Matter of fact, he took a longer route by going through Samaria. And the Bible said that he was on his way to Galilee. But he told his disciples, we need to go through Samaria. And, and, and we find the reason why he, he had to go through Samaria in this fourth through, or fourth, fifth through the 42nd verse. But again... There's three things that are happening immediately, soon as we enter into that passage of Scripture. The first thing I want to bring to our awareness is the fact that Jesus is having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. And I'm going to unpack all of this, so I want you to hold on to that. The second thing we find in this particular passage of Scripture is the fact that they're at the well in the middle of the day. And the third thing we find kind of strange in, in this, particular, this particular passage of Scripture is the location. The place where they were at, that particular place was actually Jacob's well. Now... You may be saying to yourself, okay, get to it, Pastor. Get, get to the story and get to why uh, you said we have a friend in Jesus. Because it was important for me to note those things because it wasn't an ordinary 
type of encounter. If we remember from last week, or if you want to go back and read a little back, Pastor Will here in the well talked about Jesus meeting Nicodemus. This is a, this is a first uh, of the series where he's beginning to have one-on-one conversations uh, with people. However, there is a little, there, there is a comparison and a con- contrast between Nicodemus and the woman at the well. The first thing that I want to bring to our attention, the contrast, is the mere fact that Nicodemus is well known. Nicodemus was part of the Sanhedrin council, so people knew him. The Samaritan woman was an unfamiliar person. Another difference in these particular passages of scriptures, Nicodemus came to him at night. So no one would, would, they wouldn't see him talking to Jesus. This woman encounters Jesus in the middle of the day. Now, to get back to the Samaritan woman specifically, what's odd about the mere fact of Jesus having a conversation with her is the fact that, one, she is a woman. And during that time, a woman was not supposed to have a, a conversation with a male in public who was not her husband. So Jesus was breaking the law. It's something about Jesus and breaking the law. I don't know what it is about this guy. He was so radical. The second thing we find strange about that encounter of Jesus and the Samaritan woman was the mere fact she was a Samaritan. The Jews did not like the Samaritan. Historically, we find what the main reason why they didn't like each other, it goes back to Ezra. It goes back all the way to Ezra and Nehemiah. What Ezra told, uh, told the Jews or told the Israelites, do not commingle, do not get involved. And actually, it goes back even further. Leviticus. They wasn't supposed to commingle or mix with anyone, but the Samaritans were half Gentile and they were half Jews. So they were outcasts. They were marginalized. Jesus is talking to a woman who's a Samaritan. He must be losing his mind, perhaps. The second thing that's very strange about this, and I talked about the mere fact that it was in the middle of the day. It was uncommon for people to go to a well in the middle of the day. One, it was hot. Folks were not gathering in the middle of the day. They usually went early in the morning or they went later in the evening time. Not to mention, when we studied this particular passage of scripture in context, she was by herself. Hmm. Ha. She was by herself, unlike Nicodemus. Well, no, very similar, because he was embarrassed. He didn't want anyone to know he was talking to Jesus because of his status. However, this woman was by herself because she was ashamed. She was ashamed because she was married. Read the text. She was married five times. Not only was she married five times, but she didn't have any children. 
And in that particular time, a, a woman uh, at a, of a certain age was supposed to be married, and they definitely were supposed to have had children because that was part of the legacy. She's at the well in the middle of the, of the day because she knew people wasn't going to be there to criticize her, to ridicule her. Now, it's important for us that oftentimes when we read this passage of Scripture, we miss it. Me and Pastor Will was talking this week about this text um, uh, for so many different reasons, but oftentimes people, they miss something or they, they, they misunderstand uh, the mere fact that she was shamed. She wasn't shamed just because she was divorced or had five husbands. She was ashamed because she was rejected. She wasn't divorced or was, uh, 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 some of her husbands, when you go and study theologically, some of the husbands within that five had died. They left her. She wasn't a sinful woman. Oftentimes when people look at that particular passage of scripture, they say, oh, she's ashamed because of her sin. No, they left her. They rejected her. And Jesus even recognized the fact that she is hanging out with this guy who is no good. Because Jesus says that the man that you're with now is not your husband. So in a sense, she was looking for a sense of belonging to the point that she was ready to settle for anything. But here we have Jesus talking to a woman who's a Samaritan in the middle of the day. We find Jesus talking to her, wow, at the well. And this, is, this was not an ordinary fetching hole. This particular well was Jacob's well. This particular well was the place that Jacob met Rachel. This was the place when Jacob started establishing relationships with people. This was the place that his sons were, would come not only to, 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 to give their, their animals water, but this was also a place where his sons would come to engage in business affairs. So, in other words, this particular place was a friendly place. But this Samaritan woman did not feel as if she had a friend. That's why she was there alone. And we find Jesus having this conversation with her. It is safe for us to assume that this lady had a spirit of brokenness. It is safe for us to assume that this lady felt all alone. <laughs> this Samaritan woman is a prototype of how many of us feel today. We don't realize how many people feel as if they're, they're marginalized because of their gender. Because of their race, 
because of their social, uh, their social economic status or their class. This Samaritan woman represents so many people in our present age who have been rejected, who feel left alone. Maslow in the hierarchy of need, the very bottom of the very base of, of his hierarchy of need chart is physiological things that we need in life. And attached to those physiological needs, at the very bottom, is a sense of belonging. We were created. To be in relationship with one another. We were not created to be isolated from community. Because even I had this conversation with someone uh, uh, other than Pastor Will about this text. Where even when we talked about the monks and the nuns who isolate themselves. But they're still in community. So this lady needed to feel as if she was a part of something. And Jesus, breaking the law, being a radical, met this lady in her brokenness. He told her everything about herself, not in a spirit of judgment, but being candid and being honest with her. In fact, we learn this in, in, in clinical pastoral education that sometimes you need to active, li, actively listen to people in order to allow them to get some things out of their spirit. Jesus engaged this lady. Again, not in a spirit of judging her. And he was divine, but he met her in his humanity. He didn't break her down. He didn't make her feel as if she was unwanted. He didn't criticize her just because she had five husbands. She didn't criticize her because she didn't have any children. He didn't even criticize her because she was a Samaritan. Rather, Jesus offered her a drink of eternal life. He offered her something perhaps and very plausible that other people in that area didn't offer her. He offered her a relationship. He offered her friendship. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is that friend that would stick closer to us than a brother or a sister. Jesus will meet us at our well, whether our well is depressed, a place of depression and we're just trying to get it out. Jesus will meet us at our well, whether or not we, we need a touch from Jesus, even if we're not feeling well. Jesus will meet us at our well where we can find wholeness and we can find healing for whatever ailment is keeping us away. From experiencing the joy of the Lord. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. We can bear all of our sins. All of our griefs. 
all of our concerns. We can pour out everything at the feet of Jesus. And he will never change. He will meet us in that place where we need more. He will meet us at that place where we may need or we may find hope. And if we're not careful, we may find some love at the well. We may find some grace at the well. We may find some mercy at the well. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. A friend that would never betray us. A friend that will never leave us or forsake us. A friend that would give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. If you haven't experienced this type of friendship, oh, my brothers and sisters, I encourage and I challenge you to try Jesus. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I challenge and encourage you to accept his invitation to Christian discipleship. You know we can still do that, right? We can still encourage people to accept Jesus Christ, not only as their friend, but also as their Lord and Savior. And I just believe, I just believe that Jesus will accept us with all of our baggage, all of our shortcomings, with all our inhibitions, with all of our fears, with all of our shames, with all of our vulnerabilities, and dare I say all of our junk. Woo! Jesus is not like us, where we start to judge people by how they look, how much money they have, what class they're in, what their culture looks like in comparison to ours. Jesus is William cool like that. He's cool like that. 